Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 172. We are down to the final two weeks of soccer football in Portugal. This weekend is the final match day of the Liga B win, match day 34. Uh, Benfica in control to win it this weekend, but Porto is not giving up. Uh, but Porto does need Benfica to lose to help their hopes out. Uh, we also have uh, the, the race for fifth and sixth place in the first division, Liga B win, which will make a uh, big factor, a big difference in terms of who goes to the Europa Conference League in terms of the preliminary round. Finishing in fifth place will get you into the third. Finishing in sixth will get you into the second preliminary round. So very important between Aroca and Guimarães, and I'll talk about that in a, a few minutes. Uh, we also have, of course, uh, this weekend the second division report. Pretty much everything has already been settled in the second division. It's all really coming down to who will finish in 16th and 17th place. Um, 16th place, of course, goes to the playoffs. 17th place will get relegated. So there's three matches this weekend in the second division that will pretty much uh, be deciding that. And I'll talk about that as well coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, report about women's football. Uh, got some good news about women's football regarding the Champions League. Looks like in the future there will be two women's teams in Portugal to going to the Champions League. So I'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, Roberto Martinez, I'll talk about his squad selections in the second part of this episode. But he will be announcing his second squad selection as Portugal manager this Monday at 12.30 from the usual location, the campus of Cidade do Futebol. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on who I think will not be called up and who won't be called up. Um, so I'll give you my opinions on that uh, as well. And uh, let me just say I'm going to spend probably the first 10, 15 minutes really unpacking what will be happening in Portugal on Friday and Saturday with the titles still to be decided, relegation. Um, and then uh, if you want to skip through that, if you happen to be listening to this after Friday or Saturday, skip at about 15 minutes, and I'll be talking about the rest of Portuguese football. A lot of things to talk about this week. José Mourinho loved the way he got back at his former boss at Tottenham. Uh, talk about Pedro Purenza. He is coming back as Liga president, a good move. The big three are supporting him. I'll talk about some of his uh, endeavors. We'll talk about, of course, the big three report, Braga, and my dream of my club in the fifth tier, Atletico do Jarcus, is over. They are going to be in the fifth tier again another season. So I'll give you my ugly update, as always, like I do at the uh, very, very end. But let's get started, of course. A big Saturday in Portugal. Uh, obviously, all eyes will be on the uh, title. Uh, simply put, Benfica's in the driver's seat if they win. They will win their first title since 2019, which, by the way, I have to say is pretty surprising when you think about, first of all, they haven't won a title in four years, and two, um, when you think about all the success they had and for how long as they went in the fall without losing a match until they lost to Braga toward the end of December, um, just, you know, they, they just looked unbeatable early in the season. It's just hard to believe that they still have not won any of the other uh, trophies. But they are in a position to win if they draw... Okay, and Porto win, then they would be level on points, but that would still give Benfica the advantage because there's been a lot of confusion with fans about the tiebreakers. Um, it used to be many years ago the tiebreakers head-to-head -head 
um, like between two teams was the you know what they would do head to head, and in this case they've each won one. But then they would also be the goal difference, taking into account the away goals rule. That does not play a factor. So if uh, Benfica were to draw and Porto were to win and they finish a level on points, the goal tiebreaker would not be head to head goal difference because they're pretty much the same. Um, it would not be goals away, uh, which in this case favors Porto, but that is no longer a rule. It stopped being a rule a few years ago, just like it stopped being a rule in European competition. And as a result, even if, let's say, Benfica were to draw against Santa Clara and Porto were to win, uh, Benfica has a plus 11 advantage. Okay, plus 11 advantage, and that would be very hard uh, for Porto to overcome. So Porto's best option is very simple. Uh, beat Kimaranj and hope that Santa Clara beat Benfica. And a lot of uh, Porto fans are pitting their hopes that Santa Clara could pull off the upset because Santa Clara has been really playing some of their best football their last three matches of the season. Uh, three match days ago, they beat Gil Vicente at home 3-2. to two. Then they went to Braga and lost in a very high-scoring match, 4-3 to Braga, but they scored three goals in that match. And then last week at home, even though they knew they were relegated, they did, they did, they did beat Puntimunense uh, 1-0. So they've been tough. And let's not forget these players on Guimaraes. A lot of them will not be coming back to the second division. They're all going to be sort of rehearsing and, and auditioning for bigger clubs by playing in such a big audience. You know there's going to probably be 57, 58,000 in the luge. A lot of TV eyes are going to be on this match. So as much as Benfica should win this match, simply because they are so much better on many levels, the better team, adrenaline... You get on that pitch, you score a goal early, a goal early, you get the other team nervous. Benfica, you know, Benfica could beat the crap out of them, or Benfica could be surprised. And I think that's what makes the match on Saturday, I think, so uh, you know, so very, very uh, interesting. So uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, interesting, the logistics of a title: the Liga and Pedro Prensa are going to be situated right in the middle between. Porto and Lisbon, um, there's about a distance of 300 kilometers between those cities, and they are going to be sort of in the middle from what I've read and essentially waiting to see who in fact does win the title, and then from there they will head straight to the stadium for the eventual trophy uh, presentation uh, that night. Don't know if they're getting a police escort, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of traffic wherever they're going to be going, but that is uh, pretty much their plan. I don't think they do like two trophies, I think they just do one. Probably someone's going to chisel the name of the opponent. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Liga put that out on social media. And uh, then they will, of course, uh, go ahead and do it, whether it be to Porto or whether it be uh, to Lisbon, because wherever they're going to go, they're going to run into a, a lot of traffic, uh, of course. Um, and then, by the way, if this does happen to be in Lisbon, that uh, Befica does win, which a lot of people anticipate they will, not a lot of people in Lisbon are very happy. Um, one, because... The celebrations, the sea of red and the march to Pumbal, it's so many people that go there that so many businesses have to shut their doors because they're concerned about uh, possible issues. Um, you know, you have, uh, there's a big, big Portuguese book for you that's taking place not too far from the march that basically is shutting down early, and that means those vendors are not going to be able to take advantage of a Saturday night selling books, uh, which is a very popular thing in uh, Portugal. You also have a theater that's a few blocks away from the Marcos de Pombal that I was reading that uh, they, they basically have canceled their show on Saturday night. They had a sold-out theater performance show, and they basically canceled it because they're, they're concerned you know, with all the traffic in the area. It's just, it just doesn't work. 
Um, and they're very angry too because you know all these businesses have to close and so many people have to shut down because some people are worried about potential issues, but also because no one's going to walk into the restaurant. Nobody's going to walk into the theater to watch a theater when there's 100,000 people at Mark Stapu Mall. You know, that's where everybody wants to be. But they're angry that they're not getting any financial support out of, the, out of this because it's a huge, huge inconvenience for them. You know, some people have advocated to let the celebrations be in the stadium and not necessarily away. Um, and uh, it becomes a big thing. And by the way, whoever does win, if you've ever seen the things on television, you know, you've got the celebrations in the stadium, you got the celebrations in the clubhouse, the players, uh, which would be the case Saturday night, come out to get the trophy with the fans in the stadium. And then afterwards, they basically hop on these uh, buses where they sit up top, up, up in air, and it takes a long time for them to make their way to March de Bumal because there's so many people in the street. They're waving at them. They're taking photos. They're, you know, flares, red flares, blue flares, whatever it may be on Saturday night. And it takes a very, very long time to get your way to March de Bumal. So a Portuguese celebration tends to be like a festa. I mean, it goes on until maybe 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So you could also imagine that people in the hotels in those areas aren't going to get much sleep as well. So while there is a good component to this, believe it or not, more than I've ever heard of in other years, there are some people in Lisbon that are very disappointed about how the quality of life suffers on that particular Saturday night. Um, so that's pretty much the story with the uh, title. People ask me, well, how can I watch on television, whether it's Porto or Mefica win? How could I see the celebrations in the stadium if I don't have access to watch Portuguese television. Uh, generally, RTP International uh, broadcasts everything um, inside and outside the stadium to the marks. They've got uh, news crews already set up. And I believe RTP International, you'll have to only fortunately check this when, whenever the time comes, is you probably have to go. Um, I don't know if you could do it through their app. They do have an app where you could go on their website and see if they show it. Some parts of the world, RTP is blocked, uh, maybe because somebody has the rights to it. I believe in America, you can watch some of the, the those stations of RTP for free. Again, it depends on the world you're in. I'm not really telling you anything that's wrong here. But if you do want to watch it and you happen to be at home, and especially if you're a fan of the team that won, that would be the best way uh, to uh, do it. Um, the other thing in the first division, of course, is in fifth or sixth place. Uh, between Aroca and Vitoria di Guimarães. Um, obviously, the big story is going to be um, who will be finishing in fifth. Uh, right now, Guimarães has the two-point lead over Aroca in fifth place. Um, basically, as my understanding, fifth place, you go to the third preliminary round of the Europa Conference League. If you finish in sixth place, in the case of Aroca, you would have to go to the second preliminary round, so you've got to play an extra round, which obviously means you're going to start your football pretty early in late July. And of course, as I've told you in past episodes, you know, it's great to see Portuguese clubs competing in Europe, but we've had no Portuguese clubs in this very, what, two, three-year-old competition, the Europa Conference League, make it out of qualifying into the groups, which we need because we need those points to try to get back a Champions League spot in the future uh, with the coefficient. Um, but it's also because, why? Well, because like I've told you before, as I've taught you, uh, you know, Aroca and Guimarães, especially Aroca, you know, their players have had the success. They're going to be loaned back. They're going to be sold. Big clubs are going to come calling. And then when these clubs do compete in Europe, it is not necessarily the same team that competed uh, last year uh, to get them to this point. You know, you look at clubs like Gil Vicente, uh, the year Santa Clara 
uh, made it to Europa qualifying. That great team was not the same team that in the summer went to the Europa Conference League uh, for uh, qualifying. So, you know, that's something to uh, watch out for. So, again, uh, going to be very exciting on Saturday. And, obviously, the advantages to Benfica. But Porto is still going to be hoping for it. And we'll see what happens on a Saturday night. Um, obviously, you know already that uh, Maritimo finished at 16th place. And they will be playing Estrela Madura the third-place team in the uh, second division. The first leg will be on June the 3rd at Estrela Madura, and then the second leg uh, will be at Maritimo and Funchal on June the 11th. And by the way, I just uh, was reading this evening that a North American group, i got to find out more about it, um, has bought 90% of the, the shares in Saad, and uh, their goal is to try to get uh, to first division regularly football and stay there. So it looks like there's some investors for Estrela Amadora. Uh, second division, uh, well, actually, before I do, let me just give you a few other things. Braga this weekend, uh, free tickets. No one has to pay to go see their match at home against Bastos de Ferreira. Uh, Braga wants a full house. Braga wants the players to feel the love because next week, of course, they're going down to Lisbon to play the Tasa de Portugal against Porto. Uh, Al Masrati, who's been hurt for Braga, he may be getting some minutes to get him ready. Uh, he's been hurt, but he may get some minutes to get back into it, and he's expected uh, to uh, play uh, some minutes this weekend as Braga keeps an eye on the Tasa de Portugal final next weekend against the uh, Football Club do Porto. Uh, this weekend also ends Santa Clara's five-year run in the first division. Very sad to see us losing a club from the Azores. Um, I know people in Toronto and Boston that occasionally fly to the Azores to watch first division football and take in the food. Uh, that will no longer be the case unless you want to watch them in the uh, second uh, division. And by the way, it could be a very, like I said, it could be a very um, worrisome year for the islands because you've already lost Santa Clara, the first division in the Azores. And Maritimo, if they don't beat Estrula Madura in that playoff, Maritimo is going to go to the second division. And then next year... Um, you know, unless you're a northern club and you want to fly to Algarve, most trips in Portugal next year will all be via bus. Nobody will have to fly. Um, occasionally, teams do this, well, mostly the big ones. Um, you know, if they're flying maybe from, you know, Porto to Portimão or to Faro, excuse me. But um, next year, you could see maybe a domestic competition with perhaps maybe 99% of the trips being done uh, by bus. So that would uh, that's also an interesting fact to mention. Um, and uh, one other thing, a very interesting story about Desportivo do Chaves. You probably saw it on social media. A gentleman named Fabio Graça, who lives in Andorra, a lot of Portuguese in the Principality of Andorra, rode his bike all the way from uh, uh, Andorra, where he lives, to Chaves, because he promised that if they were to go to the first division, he would ride his, uh, his motor bike all the way, his scooter, all the way from Andorra to Chaves, and he completed that this week and even got a photo on the pitch with the uh, players. Chaves, of course, is staying up this season. Um, and obviously, he kept his promise that if they did go up, which they did, that at some point he would make this uh, trip, which, by the way, can't be an easy trip. I mean, you're not necessarily driving on highways because you've got family with you. He's Obviously, I don't think he's doing the trip by himself. He's obviously going to have some people with him. And uh, probably family and probably someone riding behind them and things of that nature. Um, it's not very easy. I actually know somebody here in the United States that rode a bike. Uh, he actually did it by himself. He rode it all the way from New York to Los Angeles to the beach. And 
I remember him telling me Pennsylvania was the toughest part because of the uh, the uphill climb. Uh, beautiful state he ever said he ever drove, uh, rode his bike through was in Arizona. Um, so I'm sure this gentleman, when it regards to Andorra, to Portugal, has some pretty uh, stories to tell as uh, well. But second division report, it's already started on Thursday. More dance in a very high-scoring 10-goal match. Beat Covilla 6-4. to four. You essentially had your second division champion uh, beating up on your last place uh, second division, uh, your last place in the second division, Covilla. And very interesting thing, uh, by the way, I, I want to say about Covilla that I thought was uh, pretty interesting, and that is that uh, Covilla, of course, is relegated, but the president came out this week and he said that he was going to go ahead and he was going to go register the club for the second division because, and this has happened, sometimes there are clubs in the second division that do not meet the financial requirements, they don't show the ability. Uh, to have the type of money that's needed in the top two divisions uh, to stay up. Covia says they are in good shape financially. Um, and they anticipate that some clubs possibly will not be able to get the license to compete in the second division next season because they don't have the money, and that will enable them uh, to stay. And this has happened. This is absolutely has happened before where clubs do stay up because uh, a team that was in front of them that was supposed to stay up just doesn't have the money, so they move up. So uh, very interesting though, Covilla does that, of course. Uh, Covilla is in 18th place, so whoever finishes in 17th place, uh, the first team that is unable to do that, the 17th place team would get to stay up. Now, who is going to be the 17th uh, place team? Well, basically, you have three teams this weekend battling. Um, you've got Nacional, which is uh, in a safe zone, with 34, uh, excuse me, with 36 points. You've got B-side with 34 points in playoff position of 16th place, and you've got Trofense in relegation zone, 17th place with 32. Uh, this weekend, you've got Trofense versus Mafra. So Trofense is at home. Trofense must win, and I uh, hope that Bill and Inches, uh drop points or loses in order to jump into the playoff spot. You've got Vila Frequens hosting B-side. Again, B-side. Pretty much controls its destiny. If they draw, uh, they will be okay for the uh, playoff. And obviously, if they win, then they are definitely okay for the uh, playoff. Um, and actually, what's also interesting here is that Nacional in 15th place. If Nacional, who's playing at home against Academico Viseo, which, by the way, hasn't been doing very well ever since George Costa left, as you know. But if, if uh, Nacional trips up, that could give uh, B-Sad an opportunity to leapfrog him and to stay up next season. Uh, but again... Nacional 36, Bissad 34, Trofense 32. Uh, who will stay up? Who will finish 16th place? And who will finish in relegation? Uh, we will certainly, of course, uh, find out. Uh, but again, it's, it's a, going to be a very interesting. And those matches, uh, I believe they're all on Sunday. Uh, so that doesn't take away from the attention on uh, Saturday. Actually, let me make sure that that is the case. Yes, uh, those matches are going to be taking place at uh, 15.30 on uh, Sunday with regards to the uh, second uh, division. And again, uh, Estrella Medora, the third-place team, will be playing Meritimu for the playoff to uh, either go up to the first division. If Estrella Medora loses, they will stay next season in the second division. Again, that's Meritimo and Estrula Medura. First leg on June uh, the uh, 3rd. Uh, women's football, uh, the season's over. Everybody knows about Benfica, but this week there was an announcement that next season, uh, well, next season only one team goes to the Ch Women's Champions League, but 
Next season, uh, basically what happens is, is the top two teams the following year will go to the Champions League. That is a huge boost to women's football. My people, let me tell you, that is a huge, huge boost to women's football to know that now the top two teams will be going up. Uh, obviously, that's big news for Benfica, Sporting, and Braga. That tend to be the uh, three dominant clubs in women's football. And Porto has discussed coming back with a team. Now that you've got two teams going to the Champions League, you got to wonder if Porto's going to expedite their efforts to try to get a team going. There has been discussions they would. Uh, this could maybe be the thing that maybe finally gets them going. Uh, we uh, shall uh, see. Uh, also coming up uh, next uh, week, uh, I believe it's on Tuesday, uh, they're going to be doing this in uh, Lisbon in the Saldanha uh, next to the Edificio Monumental. The, uh, the Portuguese uh, women's national team manager uh, basically is going to be announcing uh, his squad selections for the Women's World Cup in a special ceremony that will be taking place on uh, May the 30th um, at 1700 hours. I believe that's Tuesday. And uh, again, he'll be announcing his uh, squad selections. And then, of course, the team will be getting ready to go to New Zealand, Australia. Uh, Portugal has it tough. Uh, they're in a group with uh, Holland, who they play on July 23rd. Vietnam, who they play on July 27th. And then they got it really tough uh, playing, of course, the United States on August the 1st, who tend to be uh, one of the teams that either win it or playing in the finals. They tend to have that uh, type of uh, success. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. And also this weekend um, on a Saturday is the Women's Taça de Portugal in the Jamor between Familia Kong and Braga Saturday at 1630 will be the uh, women's and again you've got uh, not n one of the big three in terms of women's football the other two sporting and uh, Benfica are not in it so you've got Familia Kong and Braga and again I think that speaks to how well uh, Portuguese women's football is doing in terms of that you don't have necessarily the Giants uh, in terms of a sporting or uh, Benfica playing in this uh, competition and that wraps up part one of the Portuguese soccer.com podcast <laughs> Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Welcome back. I'm uh, going to jump around talking about a lot of the topics that uh, we both heard and uh, read about this past week and wanted to give you my uh, two cents. First off, Roberto Martinez on Monday at 1230. Uh, Monday, of course, uh, May the 29th from Cidade do Football. Beautiful facility. I've been fortunate to have been there. Uh, and obviously, he'll be announcing a second squad selection uh, with regards to playing Bosnia on uh, when, on uh, Saturday, June the 17th, and playing Iceland on uh, Tuesday, uh, June uh, the 20th. And um, I'm not really expecting many changes. I think maybe, you know, Nuno Mensch is injured. Uh, Rafael Guerrero's numbers have been okay. Um, but, you know, no Nuno Mensch. Um, I think uh, maybe if there's a player that could sneak in, could be a Nuno Santos from uh, sporting, but, uh, you know, Cristiano's definitely going to be called up. Uh, Rafael Leon, I expect to be called up. Ricardo Horta, I don't know if I recall, was not called up last match day. I could possibly see him getting called up this time, especially if he's a factor in the Tasa de Portugal. Uh, uh, well, I, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because the Tasa de Portugal is later, but uh, he was not called up last time. I think he might be called up this time. So we'll see what happens, especially with uh, Gonzalo Guedes uh, injured. Uh, Andre Silva, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, he's kind of, I don't know, I, I don't hear about him as much. 
So I don't know if that maybe gives Ricardo Huerta a chance to get back on. Um, you know, as far as the midfield, João Paulinha, Bruno, of course, uh, João Mario, Vitinha, Ruben Neves, Otavio, Florentino. I really don't think there's any surprise. Uh, Gonzalo Inácio, Antonio Silva, you know, Cancelo. I still think he's going to be called up. I told you Nuno Mendes just hurt. Uh, Ruben Diaz, of course. Um, Diego Delo, who might be getting a new contract soon, extension with Manchester United. And, of course, the legendary uh, Pep. Uh, goalkeeper, I don't really see big changes. Uh, Diego Costa in goal. Uh, José Sá. Uh, I saw Anthony Lopes was up for, um, although he's not going to win it, uh, for Liga 1 France's uh, player. Uh, a goalkeeper of the year honor. He was a candidate. Maybe he replaces Rui Silva from Batiste. But I'm not really seeing a lot of changes. And even the changes that are made, I don't know if those players are necessarily going to feature in the lineup anyway. I think you're going to see something very similar to what we saw against Luxembourg and uh, Liechtenstein. But uh, that will be taking place uh, this Monday, and those are my thoughts. Uh, again, I just I just don't see a whole lot of uh, changes uh, coming up. Uh, Liga boss Pedro Porenza, who I've been very complimentary on in this uh, podcast, has announced that he will be running uh, for president again. Um, basically, he has received the support of the big three, and that usually pretty much will help you uh, win it. Um, and obviously, he wants the focus to be on the fans. He wants to find ways to make tickets cheaper and more accessible. He wants to bring in, of course, the big talk in Portugal is centralized TV rights in the hope that those centralized TV rights will bring in more money as a whole to all the Liga teams, although you still got to figure out what to do with a club like Benfica, Porto, and Sporting. Um, how do you give them as much money as, let's say, you do to a Chaves uh, or to a Pastors de Ferreira? Stuff like that will have to be uh, worked out, I think, in my opinion. Um, but Pedro Porenza is coming back, and again, I think he's done a good job. I love his idea of the fact that he's kept the Tasa de Liga alive these last few years. I love how he's thinking about bringing it abroad. Um, he's done a great job. Um, the former referee, he's refereed some of the biggest matches in the world during his day. I remember him very well. I think he did. I remember him doing a Euro final. That I remember. And I think he might have done a World Cup semi. I, I might be wrong. But I know he did a big World Cup something. Let me put it that way. And he's done a very good job as a, an administrator. Uh, other news in Portugal, we obviously, uh, well, first off, uh, we saw Sporting and Porto show support for the situation with uh, Vinicius, with uh, Real Madrid, uh, with regards to uh, the racial uh, insults at him, and uh, those two clubs came out in uh, support. And interesting that um, the, uh, the La Liga president came out and basically was saying that he does not think that uh, these problems they're having in Spain with uh, racism uh, would affect the World Cup candidacy, which, as you know, Portugal is partnering with Spain. Um, he obviously is going to be supporting the federation, and um, obviously they're going to be uh, doing as much as they can to try to solve these problems. A problem not easy to solve because, you know, people in the stands, uh, they, they get stupid. Um, you know, it's, it's always been hard to stop people from saying things from the stands. Uh, people seem to think they could say whatever they want to people. Um, it's such a, a very big problem that um, I think will only be solved by closed-door bans and uh, significant monetary fines. Um, and obviously, these, some of these people, um, you know, they've arrested some people. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Liga's boss did come out and say that he did not expect it to affect the World Cup bid. But should this situation get worse, 
Um, I think there would have to be some concerns because you can't be having it in a country if there's going to be so much reputations of being of, of the fans just you know being this bad. Um, and although of course we're talking about a group of fans, not all fans in Spain are bad, of course. Um, but there's always bad apples, as as the saying goes, in, in everything in uh, life. Uh, but you hope that does not happen again. Uh, Portugal's had its issues with players uh, making accusations. It's just, uh, it's very unfortunate, and you hope that people would just be smarter and stop and uh, try to do a better job of living in this world, uh, you know, in my opinion. Um, Carlos Borges, international player report here. Carlos Borges uh, was was in the Premier League 2. He's, he's a product of City. Uh, Portuguese youngster was listed as the best young player in Premier League 2. Uh, 21 goals, 11 assists in 24 matches. So it looks like he's going to have a big future in the Premier League if he continues to uh, progress. Uh, Diego Delo, like I said, who I expect will be called up on Monday by uh, Roberto Martinez. Uh, he basically is uh, nearing a new long-term deal with United, as reported by Fabrizio Romano. Uh, José Mourinho, I want you to listen to... Um, this uh, I want you to listen to this uh, audio clip of Mourinho when he was talking about the connections to all the clubs that he's managed. He said that the one club he does not feel anything for, or doesn't have a connection, is uh, Spurs. Obviously, he was let go. Uh, he didn't have a chance to win a cup there, and obviously that still bothers him. And now look at all the success he's having in Roma with potential back-to-back -back European Cups. And obviously if they win the Europa, they go to the uh, Champions League next year. Um, and he had some <laughs> very cold things to say. Check it out. I hope the Tottenham fans don't get me wrong, but the only club in my career where I don't have still a deep feeling with, is Tottenham. Uh, probably because the stadium was empty, COVID time, uh, probably uh, because Mr. Levy didn't let me win a final and win a trophy, but he's the only one. So after that, uh, Porto, Chelsea, Inter, Real Madrid, uh, Manchester United, all the clubs, I feel connection. Maybe people, you cannot love every club. Yes, I love every club. I love every club because I always felt the other way, the other way around. They they also love me. So with Roma, one day will be will be hard. Will be hard. One day will be hard. But uh, we will be connected forever, like I am with all my my previous clubs a part of Mr. Levy Club. So that was Jose Mourinho, the special one. He always likes to give it to people. And as a result, um, you know, I think right now, if you're the Spurs owner, you've, you've got to be feeling pretty small right now um, when somebody is having their comeuppance on you. Uh, moving along to the Big Three report, uh, Abola did this uh, thing this week, a story. Um, I'm not sure where they, I'm sure they did it on their own. But I believe it's from them, uh, based on the story that I read. Um, interesting that among the competitions in the first division, among the top four teams, uh, Porto, Benfica, Sporting, and Braga, uh, based on them competing against each other, Porto was the best with 13 points. They only lost to Benfica. Uh, Benfica only had eight points. Of course, they lost to Braga. They lost to Porto. They drew with Sporting. So they were the second best out of the, can I say it, big four with eight points. Sporting 
Despite beating up on Braga, they only had six points, and obviously they had some bad losses. And Braga, if they want to be with the big boys, they have to improve. They only have five points. Um, so the standings for the top four, between the top four clubs, was uh, FC Porto 13, Benfica 8, Sporting 6, and Braga 5. Obviously, this is just mostly for conversation, but I thought that was a very interesting thing that I read in the uh, Bola. Um Moving along to, obviously, what will be a big story this week, and that's the transfer rumors. Uh, first off, we'll start off with, obviously, João Neves. And, uh, by the way, nice name um, called Phenomenon by the media, one of the newspaper covers this week. Um, obviously, he's the talk of Benfica that he's managed to do as well as he has for Benfica in the uh, midfield. And he is attracting a lot of uh, attention. And, uh, you know, this is the time of the year where the Portuguese young players, you start to see the buildup in the press. Um, you know, um, they're always going to be interested in Portuguese players. The newspapers are always going to be tipped off about it, and they're going to make a big deal. The agents do a great job um, in leaking it to the press, I think. Um, and if, you're, you know, if your agent is doing that work for you and getting you the attention to possibly be in a position to move to a big club if you're on the newspaper cover, um, the agents are doing their job, and a lot of them do it very well, even though people hate, think that a lot of the rumors are uh, you know, not necessarily true. Um, but João Neves is the latest big deal. Uh, you'll hear about him this summer. You'll hear about Florentino. You'll hear about Gonzalo Inacio. Wouldn't be surprised about Pote. Uh, will Diego Costa be sold this summer? That's going to be a possibility. Um, obviously, there's also talk um, in Portugal of, uh, you know, uh, Ugart. Uh, will Ugart be sold? Uh, PSG reportedly with a $60 million offer. The only thing I don't believe about it is, uh, well, first off, I believe Familia Kong owns about 30%, but then somebody said it's only 10 because there's a group of investors that actually own 20 of that 30% that Fama has. Whatever it may be, if his release clause is 60 and PSG is offering 60, I'm surprised that it's not a done deal already. Uh, unless they're not going to accept the offer until they figure out what to do with that 30% with Fama. And by the way, uh, let's say I'm Fama and Sporting comes to me and says, can I buy out your percentage? Uh, why? Take the money that they sell Yugard uh, for because it's bound to be a lot more money than you probably would get from, let's say, Sporting or another club. If I'm Fama, I'm not doing anything differently. If I'm these other 20% Phoenix or whatever it is, I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting. You go make a deal and let me get in on that 60 million or whatever it is. Um, but I never understood, and I'll talk about this more in the future if it becomes a thing where these smaller Portuguese clubs have a percentage of a player. The big clubs know they're going to sell this player for a lot of money. Why do the big, big clubs then go to the smaller clubs to try to buy out that percentage? And a lot of times the clubs do it. And I always say, why? If let them sell the player as they plan. And if you've got 30, 40% of it, that's more money that you would probably get just by selling your 30 or 40% to a Portuguese club. Again, my opinion, and that's really all that it is. Um, but anyway, this 30% with Fama and the other group has to be figured out, I guess. But it looks like Ugart will be sold this summer simply because Sporting didn't make the Champions League. That's the honest truth of it. They need to sell. Uh, there was a newspaper uh, report this week that Sporting's looking to do all these deals early in the summer so that they don't have to um, affect the club in preseason training later, like you know when Mateus Nunes was sold last year in the middle of August. It, obviously, Ruben Amorim wasn't happy, and we know Sporting just didn't have the like, good year they did last year that 
I think most people were expecting them uh, to do. Um, so we'll see. Uh, other rumors, Andre Silva. I, I was pretty surprised to see that Benfica was thinking about Andre Silva. And, I, and I'm very curious to see what Andre Silva does. He is so identified with Porto. Um, you know, he, he lives and breathes Porto. Uh, on the other end of it, he's a professional footballer. And he wants to be playing every year at the top level. And granted, Bundesliga is a pretty darn good league, of course. Um, would he come back to Portugal if he was offered a good deal? Uh, I'm very, very curious to see this. I mean, Andre Silva has not made the mistake like other players of saying that they would never play for another big three. They would only play for Porto. We've seen players say that, and every once in a while a player has to go back on those words. But I was surprised to see it, um, and I'm surprised, and I will be surprised if he does go to Benfica because he's so connected to Porto. But again, regardless of you as a fan, Guy's got to do what he's got to do for his family, and uh, you cannot begrudge him uh, for that. At least I don't. Uh, and, of course, another big rumor is that Manchester United apparently is eyeing uh, Gonzalo Ramos. So that's another Benfica player that could be on the market this summer. We'll see. Uh, also talk with Ruben Amarin. Uh, a lot of talk with Ruben Amarin regarding will he stay or go. The Spurs are apparently interested. Ruben Amarin has said that he left his job to be decided because they didn't fulfill any objectives this season. They left it in the hands of Brandis. And if Randis wanted to make a change, he would, you know, accept it because, after all, he's the president. But he's not going anywhere. I think Brandis knows he has a good thing. And as a result, I think Ruben Amorini is going to be staying. But if these big clubs in Europe do come with a lot of money and, and do pay his, uh, I believe he does have a purchase clause. I think it's like $20 million, uh, which, uh, you know, again, when you talk about business, because it is a business, um, is Ruben Amarin and the type of money that he would decline from a big club, will he turn it down? And it's easy to say what you can in May, but when it comes to July and you've got a lot of money floating around, it may not be so hard to be saying the same thing. So we'll see what, what happens with that uh, this summer. Uh, other news, of course, Porto continues. Uh, João Mario continues to be injured. Um, not a very good thing, um, you know, especially because uh, he's obviously one of their best young players, but he has really been hurt these last few months. Uh, and Pepe, uh, the uh, youngster, is apparently getting looked at by Brazil uh, for a potential call-up uh, very soon. So we'll see what happens. He's had a very good year. May not be scoring a lot, but then again, I don't remember him. When he was playing in Brazil, that he was such a big scorer to uh, begin with, um, or in terms of being a part of every scoring play. But nevertheless, he is getting looked at uh, by uh, Tite and the Brazil uh, national uh, team. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way, uh, had a big goal this week. Uh, he will be called up by Roberto Martinez. But there's stories that are basically talking about whether or not Cristiano Ronaldo may be leaving Saudi Arabia, that he's not happy. Um, we'll see. Uh, obviously, if he leaves, uh, you're talking about leaving a lot of money behind. Uh, I don't know what to believe because I can't imagine the Saudis would just let him leave like that. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, obviously, Cristiano is not going to go to Saudi Arabia unless he has an opt-out clause. Um, and we'll see if anybody, I mean, nobody in Europe was interested in him six months ago. Will there be somebody now six months later here in the summer interested in him? We'll find out. There was, I think, a report of a potential German team might be interested, but I guess, uh, you know, this is all part of, which I'm sure will be the machine. All the Portuguese youngsters, you're going to hear about them all the time. Forget about the Liga. This is all the publicity machine that's going to be coming. 
And I think a lot of Portuguese, uh, they talk about the publicity machine that I think will be coming. And it's good for the players. They deserve the attention, but uh, it frustrates the fans when these players leave and then their clubs don't have the results to show for it a year later. Uh, let me wrap up episode uh, 172. Um, well, my club, Atletico dos Arcos, um, if you're new, if you're uh, not, you know that this is the part when I talk about them and... Um, the dream is over. Um, unfortunately, we lost this weekend uh, to Linenzas 4-1. Uh, Limianus uh, won. Um, Limianus is the first place team in our division, uh, Piano do Castelo. Atletico uh, Dujarco is my club in the fifth tiers and second place. We were in first place up until uh, January. Then we blew a five-point lead. Uh, the manager then changed for whatever reason, which I hope to find out why in Portugal this summer. And as a result, they dropped out and they've never managed to make it back to first place. And as a result, because only one team gets promoted, Limianus from Punta Lima, beautiful city, will be playing in the fourth tier next season. And Atletico do Arcos, although by finishing in second, they do get a berth to the Taça de Portugal next year in the first round. Um, it's another season in the fifth tier, and I think people expect it better because it seems like we finished second. I think this is, uh, if you take into account the playoff that we've lost, we've either been first or second, um, but never made it because we lose the playoff. But we've been top two, I think, the last three to four seasons, and we're still stuck in the fifth tier, so it's pretty frustrating. Anyway, folks, um, first off, if you're in the States, have a uh, great Memorial Day weekend. Looking forward to uh, visiting some family and friends this weekend in Boston. And that's where I'll be to uh, check out the uh, festivities and uh, see things in uh, Boston um, this weekend. And uh, that's where I'll be doing my stuff. But uh, as always, folks, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your family. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao, everybody.